0: Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis and the story behind the numbers.
1: Welcome to the State of Economy podcast. I'm your host, Jyoti Bhantia, and today we'll talk about the climate tech investment in India. To delve deeper into the topic, we have Karan Mehta, Venture Principal, Green Frontier Capital and Jayadip Mukherjee co-founder of Snappy Cabs to delve deeper into the topic and give their valuable insights for the same. My first question to both my guests is this, that you know, the sector has seen a tremendous amount of funding that has come into being in the past two years. What do you make out of it?
2: Thank you so much for having me here today. And uh, before I answer the question, let me just give you a quick introduction to myself and to what we do at Green Frontier Capital. With the preeminent uh, climate VC uh, in India, we've uh, we're actively investing across uh, mobility, smart agriculture, uh, water technologies, uh, food, and like broader climate themes. Uh, We've we've done ten deals so far. We've got a very active pipeline and deployed close to about thirty five million dollars already in the space. In terms of just the trends that we're seeing today, is 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 actually uh, quite remarkable. And like you had mentioned in in your introduction, the space is actually seeing a lot of capital inflow. So investors are slowly realizing the huge economic opportunity that the whole climate tech space like, actually provides uh, specifically in sectors like renewable energy, electric mobilities, uh, smart and sustainable agriculture, and circular economy solutions. At the same time, we're seeing entrepreneurs also looking to enter into this space and building businesses and solutions driven by an inherent demand that is there both on consumers and businesses and at the same time the the large like availability of capital that is slowly flowing in into the sector as well so these are the two really key trends that i i am seeing in this space and we are, we really expect this to continue as the sector matures like over the next five ten years
0: Yeah, uh, thanks jody and good afternoon to all of you so we are in the e-mobility space and uh, when we talk about uh, e-mobility, our aim has been not only to get into the green tech from an environment cleaner perspective, okay. we identified a couple of uh, areas where we can work uh, and get this uh, okay. whole thing, I would say, reorganized as a sector. Uh, today, if you have the aggregators uh, who have been dominating in this business for the last uh, decade or so... Uh, we all realize as consumers the quality of services uh, and currently the status of the services that are being rendered. So while that's being taken care of and focused upon to improve upon the services and bring in new features, side by side, if you look at the kind of uh, tools that you deploy to provide those services uh, through help of our electric mobility, I think you are actually serving both the two causes. One is uh, the environmental cause, which anyway is something we all are committed to for the generations that to come in. And second is that you are bringing up the service quality. Now, uh, as an organization, or as uh, Karan was talking about the market, uh, I think the investors globally have realized that uh, there is a great potential from uh, all these aspects of mobility services, and not only just e-mobility, We are also talking about new technologies that are moving in. Uh, There are are battery management uh, technologies which are coming in. So so there is a huge opportunity for both from the entrepreneur perspective as well as from the investor perspective, where we see a big market opening up, not only just uh, in a country like India, but I would also like to see that this uh, this would grow up probably in a very big way in all developing countries uh, that we are all coming from.
1: Absolutely. Um, What are the specific areas in which you think climate tech in India is gaining more attention? What are the emerging sectors in climate tech that are promising in terms of investment, in terms of uh, showing major changes for the economy?
2: So that's a very interesting question, right? Because what we've seen over the last uh, three or four years is a lot of capital flow uh, and investor interest in the electric mobility space uh, and renewable energy. While we're seeing those sectors mature and and deal sizes sort of becoming uh, a lot larger over there and the rounds also going down to series Bs, Cs with a few companies like also getting listed soon. What that has done is actually paved a path and shown that there are other businesses in the climate tech and, and the environmental space that can actually grow and succeed into uh extremely successful businesses and profitable businesses going forward. I'm particularly excited in the potential that India has on the agriculture and sustainable food front. I think given how we're still so reliant on on agriculture like as a percentage of our GDP, there is a lot of potential for us to actually innovate on very critical solutions that not only serve India like as a nation, but can be like an example for most of the world. We're also extremely excited to see the trends that, that we're seeing on on the circular economy front, especially on uh, food and waste recycling and also sustainable solutions that are coming to replace uh, fossil fuel driven materials. And apart from those, I think any one of the very key key areas where we're seeing a lot of deal flow is carbon capture and carbon accounting. Like again, India has seen a lot of innovation on on SaaS and software, and with those tailwinds, we believe that the carbon the accounting space also holds a lot of interest. With some with founders in this space, will be working on, on solutions that can be scaled up very rapidly, like across the world.
1: Absolutely, Jyri, your thoughts on the same?
0: Yeah, so I would like to probably uh, restrict myself on the EV space and talk about three areas where we see the boom is yet to come in. And I, I think that's the future that we are going to see. I don't think that today we are debating about whether e-mobility is will stay or e-mobility is the necessity. I think that has been established. But having said that, it opens up a couple of new areas where we see ourselves uh, and we are working towards that. And I think that's a huge opportunity for everybody. Is the tech that goes behind an e-mobility. There are multiple areas where tech plays a big role uh, in terms of IoT integration, in terms of BMS, which is the battery management system, in terms of the CMS, the charging management system. So this opens up a huge space for the tech industry where India is the world leader. And I see the lot of things that are going to come in in that particular area. If you if you look at some of the big investments that are coming into India from an r d perspective, it's happening on that area. So that's one. Second thing is I think the biggest market that is lying with us is Even today, we are talking about e-mobility. Even today, we are talking about uh, EVs getting rolled out or two-wheelers or three-wheelers. But the traditional source of energy still remains to be a pollutant, which is still coal-fired boilers, right? So the use of renewable energy, uh, particularly solar and wind, in terms of harnessing that energy and putting it back into the grid and to be able to put that into charge for the EVs is something that opens up a huge box. And uh, since we are working in that particular domain along with a few international organizations and doing a few pilots in Calcutta, I can vouch for it that this is going to be the future going forward. And uh, if you also look at, I think, with the establishment of the carbon credit exchange that's coming up in India with the new regulations that has come in, I think that's going to be a huge market uh, one. Once you start playing into the game and then start collecting those carbon credits. These three areas, what we see is the future in terms of this immediate future for the EV industry, other than the normal EV that we are talking about. So predominantly, I foresee that tech, the renewable use of renewable energy into the ecosystem and the establishment of the carbon credit exchange. These three would be the main uh, focus, I think going forward, and we can expect huge investments coming into these three areas.
1: Okay. Um, What are some of the government policies and initiatives in India that have been influencing the climate tech investment? If you could please talk about the upcoming policy changes that might significantly impact the sector.
2: Yeah, look, that's a very good question. And again, we're also talking about this just at the roundup of of the Conference of Parties Summit, which took place in Dubai just about like a week ago, uh, like under the IPCC. I think what is going to come out of that and like though uh, there were a lot of discussions which have happened we will see a lot more climate friendly policies and India in general has been a beacon of actually framing these policies in the region so this just goes to show the Indian government's like commitment to actually nurturing and acknowledging that we do have like a climate crisis on hand and these policies are only going to be extremely beneficial to climate tech ventures in the space we've already seen tax. Tax incentives like the PLI scheme that has come in uh, for renewable energy for batteries, etc. We've seen subsidies. I, I think the biggest example is the FAME subsidy which had come in for electric mobility, which actually spurred the growth of electric mobility over the last five years. I definitely see a lot more policies like this to come up across spaces, including, like I said, food and agriculture being one of them. Potentially, we have already seen policies like over there in terms of making it easier for biofertilizers and biopesticides to come to market, which earlier was under the same framework as chemical-based fertilizers and pesticides. So there will be a lot of policies and tax incentives that we believe Will come in it'll be very hard for me to sort of say what what is the government like actually gonna do also given the fact that we will be getting into an election year next year. so so uh, so it's gonna be a wait and watch to be honest uh, but but the, we will see like a lot more policy on the climate side uh, including tax incentives. And, and subsidies for the space.
1: Absolutely. Jaydeep, if you could please weigh in.
0: Yeah, so I would like to take this uh, in a slightly different way. While we appreciate there are a lot of policies that's being in place, but uh, my comment would be that it has to be an evolving policy and it should not be crafted uh, or drafted in stone. Uh, because uh, in the sector that we are working, it's a extensively, uh, I would say, heavy asset-oriented uh, business, both in terms of procurement of vehicles, as well as creating the charging infrastructure. uh, And that calls in for huge investments, uh, if you look at it from two different perspectives. I think what people are not realizing today is that uh, even if you see fleet operators pumping in EVs, but if you look at the normal uh, consumer. I don't see a huge offtake in terms of numbers there. And predominantly, because uh, there is an infrastructure challenge, both in terms of the electricity grid and prohibitively expensive public, public charging. Okay, uh, Just to give you an example, if you want to create a charging station, the bare minimum amount of power that you require to set up one charger is around 30 kilowatt. Now, to create a 30 kilowatt kind of a charging infrastructure, you need to spend around 5 to 6 lakhs or if somewhere even it's more to get that power into the system, okay? And that's something where you, there is no policy around that plan and there. While you still have a policy of EVCS metering where you get a electricity at a subsidized rate, but to get that electricity in that location, there is no rebate. I think that's hampering the rollout of chargers in the country. And this is leading to people uh, not getting into an EV other un- unless and unless, until and unless you are getting into a fleet kind of a business where we are in where we are looking at the economics and we are working with the government to get that. So that's a policy, I think, which we have been talking to Niti Ayo, we have been talking to the various state governments wherever we are operating. They have understood that. So we expect some kind of a, I think, policy support mechanism to come in. Second, like I in the FAME subsidy that we all we know, I think there has to be some kind of a subsidy that needs to be coming out on the charging infrastructure rollout also. So since I am also part of the government policies decision making, at least in West Bengal, I'm part of that committee. So the the, the recent policy talks about even subsidies in terms of rolling out charges. I think these kind of incentives where the infrastructure, even though the government is talking about certain policies, but in reality, the government is actually not rolling out anything uh, rather than certain discounts. I think there has to be some kind of a mechanism where investors would be interested to be funding in this kind of uh, infrastructure growth. Because infrastructure ROI doesn't happen in a period of one year or two year. You need to look at a five to six years kind of an ROI period. And that's where I think one of the bottlenecks for the investors today is that they are not able to see an ROI which is beyond... Which is taking at least seven to kind of an eight years. If we can if we are able to bring that down to somewhere between thirty-six months to forty-eight months, I think it will be a boom. I mean, that's what we are our predictions are.
2: Yeah, I just want to like add to what Jadeep said, because I think you made a very, very valuable point, right? The biggest challenge as investors we have is our fund cycle doesn't really allow us to to take bets that have very long gestation periods. So, I think this is where the government incentives, and uh, we have been seeing quite a few, but there is definitely scope for improvement. We should see a lot more risky capital in the way of, of grants come in to support very crucial te- technologies to come up to scale, which then makes it more viable for an investor like us to come in and then uh, help commercialize those technologies. So, so definitely like a partnership of, of sorts with a lot with the government, but I think the government is also taking cognizance of, of, of these issues. And like I said, next year is going to be very interesting. It's a, it's an election year. So it's, it's going to be a very interesting like wait and watch. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I Mr. Mean, the I'll do another quick example today. So it's probably we're not. Generally, don't discuss all of this in this kind of calls. But today, if you are setting up predominantly a charging stations or a hubs in cities or metro cities like Mumbai, Delhi, Bangalore, Chennai, Calcutta, and all those locations, the piece of land where you need to create this infrastructure is prohibitively expensive. Okay, And you require at least 70 to 80,000 square feet of land. So we don't consider that to be an investment, but that's a huge investment. Then on top of it, you spend two to three crores to get that electricity into it. That's an investment where we have found out that the investors are actually taking a step back. They are are not worried about the model of charging. They are not worried about the fleet. But what they are worried about is the kind of money that gets in and gets locked. Your capital gets locked. And that's where government should be coming up and opening up certain policy decisions either giving it on lease or offering it at subsidized pricing or whatever. And you see a boom of all this happening, and then the whole country can move out uh, from... So basically what we are trying to say is today, the entire backbone that's been created by the Indian oil, HPCL, and others in terms of the petrol pumps, we, are, we have to create that kind of an infrastructure in order to roll out the EV services. Forget about the fleets. I'm talking about an individual. You and I will land up uh, in, a, in, a, in a in a filling station So we will be landing up into a charging station tomorrow. So that is what we need to have a policy decision around that if we want to make this successful.
1: Absolutely. And here actually was my next question. that a lot of investors or VCs, not just for EVs, but for other climate tech uh, focused startups. They have not seen a very growth stage round of investment. And as you very well pointed out, it could be because money is being locked, money could... The cycle does not allow you. But if we do not see a very uh, a growth round in these startups, then how will they build it and scale? So Karan, if you could please weigh in here first.
2: No, that's a good question. And actually, like I would disagree because we are seeing businesses slowly getting growth capital. Like I mentioned in the beginning, uh, businesses, uh, the, the renewable energy sector and EV mobility for that matter, and I'm not... I'm not talking about charging and charging infra, but even over there, there are a couple of companies which are seeing Series B's and Series C's, which are actually growth equity rounds, uh, which are actually taking place. So the capital is there. One of the things that we have done as a fund, especially for this, is is we've we've established partnerships with private equity investors where we like to come in is early, so we come in from an from a C to a Series A stage. But where we've established partnerships is with, with companies in uh, with private equity funds who like to come in at a Series B and a Series C level, but do not want to take the early stage risk or would want to work with someone who, who they trust to have vetted the founders, set the right governance practices in place, and have actually helped build these businesses to a com uh, to a post commercialization growth equity point of view, and and these partnerships I think are very essential for the whole climate tech ecosystem, which essentially ensures companies then have access to capital, uh, right through till perhaps the IPO
0: or or they have strategic sales.
1: Absolutely, Jared. Uh, your thoughts, please.
0: What we have done is uh, a kind of, I would say, looked at it into it and uh, we followed a path of innovation. So what happened is, uh, uh, I would agree with Karan, I think the partnerships are the way to go. He is talking about partnerships in terms of from a financial perspective. What we have done is we have looked at technical partnerships and leave the core to the core guys. Uh, So what we have done is we have selectively uh, been working very closely with the OEMs in terms of uh, giving the feedback and trying to get the kind of vehicles which the market demands. Quick uh, example of that, uh, Tata Motors uh, launched its first fleet where it was was to run around 120 kilometers in a single charge. Now that is not commercially viable uh, if you are running a business. So we worked very closely with Tata and with some ground data, we were able to convince that you need to upgrade and give us vehicles which runs at least 220 kilometers. Uh, we gave this feedback to Tata. So today, Tata has launched a vehicle which runs around 260 kilometers in the marketplace. We work the same way with another French company called Citroën. And Citroën today is giving us vehicles which runs around 280 kilometers. So, And they are experts in that. So we don't need to rack our brains around that. Similarly, for charging, which is a huge, uh, I would say, investment-oriented business, what we are doing is we are working very closely with the CPOs. And worked out a unique business model where we are giving them a commitment we call it mg uh, and the investment is b- done by them and they are building captive hub for us so end of the day uh since we need to be successful in the business and we need to be uh i think lean and thin in terms of our investment our portfolio or whatever we have i think the innovation and trying to work around new business models is what we see coming out every day so today Uh, We have the tech on one side where we are putting in our brains and trying to create a tech team and building the tech technology ourselves, which is the data that we are picking up from the ground. We are working with the OEMs and passing on the relevant information that what's the kind of vehicle technology that we are looking for. Uh, On the other hand, we are working with the CPOs, the charge point operators, and trying to create infrastructure where they are assured of their revenue. We are assured of the infrastructure. Irrespective of whether the government comes up with a model, with a policy, fine. If that is all, that will help us to grow. But then we can't uh, sit down in a room and say the government is not supporting, so let's not do business awarded. So that's how we innovate ourselves and trying to bring up new business models, new collaborative models. And that's helping us to grow. We are a company which is not even a year old. I would suggest a year plus old organization. And we see a tremendous growth and we are projecting ourselves to be one of the biggest. And in fact, we are the second largest player in the country within one year of services. And we see ourselves to be number one in a couple of years from here on.
1: Now, closing thoughts as to what the sector should look forward to in the coming few years, if you could please weigh in on that.
2: I think it's still early days. It's going to be extremely like exciting. Uh, the space is going to continue to see evolvement uh, of of a, a lot of businesses and business models, and of course with that is going to come the death like of a few business models too. But I think like overall, what we see is is that India will be a a very key player in the entire global climate uh change uh mitigation story, and and this is where like I want to drive home like a point that we truly believe in is is that India is going to be the hub for making innovation affordable and scalable. Uh, that can uh, th- And the good thing like, about this problem like, also is that it transcends boundaries. So, so solutions that are applicable to a country like India are very easily replicable in other geographies. So we definitely anticipate an increase in the adoption of things like clean energy sources, things like mobility, we will see advancements in carbon capture systems uh and technologies like over there as well. And moreover, what I think there is an increased like collective consciousness. So there will be a lot more collaborations between startups, between corporates, between governments that will really drive development in a holistic nature and something which we have never seen in in, in history before. So so we're really looking forward to it. Uh, A lot of exciting days like like ahead of
0: us. And this is just the beginning.
1: Thank you. Uh, Jaideep, your closing thoughts, please.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I'll put it down in three simple statements. We see a huge potential in terms of uh, India becoming the innovation hub uh, for uh, the e-mobility and uh, the services centered around that, which talks about the tech platform and stuff like that. And uh, we already have seen that happening with Tata Motors uh, leading the uh, show we're creating some of the world's biggest infrastructures, not only in India, but outside India. And I think that's going to be the in thing going tomorrow. Uh, I also would like to see the consolidation of services, because if you look at the current uh, market that we are operating in terms of the mobility services, I'm talking about general mobility services, it's a very fragmented, very unorganized kind of services with the kind of investment, kind of technology, kind of Uh, thought processes that comes in i see this there will be a huge consolidation opportunity at that level and at least but uh, not the last i would say is that uh, uh, this entire industry is a kind of an informal industry today and if you look at the kind of uh, the the government strategy and the policies that they are bringing in across sectors be it social reforms be it uh, passing on direct benefits and all of that I think what we are trying to do as a country, I think, is move from an unorganized to an organized sector, and we can't leave transport out of it, be it e-mobility or be it part of that. So I see everything positive from that perspective, and going forward, I think uh, these three would be the main opportunities, which will be the driver and put India India's uh, vision that India is looking at till 47 or till 20, 2050. I think these would be one of the key drivers. So We would be looking at a kind of, since I come from the other industry where I spent 30 plus years in the IT industry, I think the biggest uh, contributor to the Indian economy going forward would be this uh, sustainability and its holistic approach. That will be a game changer for India.
1: Thank you all.
2: Thank you, Jyoti. That was a very interesting conversation. Thank you, Jadeep.